Welcome to Ticket to Gamehenge, the podcast that discusses the science behind how to get your friends and family to love our favorite band, Fish, as well as other fish-related topics from the community. You can grab a free chapter of the book at TicketToGameHenge.com. My name is Adam, and joining me as always is my good buddy, Dr. K. All right, and here we are back at it, the first day of June 2021, episode 41. Uh, for those of you that are, uh, for the few of you, the one of you, perhaps, that might be a Dave Matthews fan, check out check out 41. Specifically, if you're going to look for a specific version of 41, uh, you should check out April 20th, 2002 from Ottawa. Funny enough, they had Bela Fleck opening for them the yearly part of that tour. Uh, I was there the night before and missed that show. And they played a 32-minute version of 41 where essentially the Flectones take over and they play for about 15, 20 minutes. And it's pretty great. Probably the most legendary version of 41 that that band has. Anyway, we're not here to talk about Dave. We're here to talk about Dave's buddy, Trey, and Trey's buddies, John, Mike, and and Paige. How you doing, buddy? Great. Dr. K, you doing all right? Good, man. That was a good intro. And uh, I don't know, man, we're kind of here to talk about music too. And uh the Flectones are there. They, they got their shit together musically. They're pretty awesome. Yeah. I, I don't know. I know they all, I follow Jeff Coffin, the sax player on uh, Twitter, largely because he's uh, the replacement sax player in, in Dave since Leroy Moore passed, but um, he's constantly posting pictures with him and Victor Wooten and future man, but nothing with Bale the Fleck himself. I don't really see much there. I saw them twice, both times at Massey hall and man, what a band. Victor Wooten is just, Oh, Victor, he's next level, man. Yeah, we, we, it's funny when you sent me that clip a few weeks ago uh, with Corey Wong and Guitar Gate guy talking about Live at the Quick. I have Live at the Quick in a DVD buried in that storage room right there. And I haven't watched it in forever. And I remember watching that solo of Amazing Grace, I think it was, yeah. many, many times. Anyway, this wasn't on the agenda to talk about, but nevertheless, people go check that stuff out. They're great. I agree. Yeah. Yeah, like i mean you would never think that banjo uh a, a bassist a virtuoso who uh, can play any kind of style uh, great with pedals and loops and all that stuff sax jeff coffin can play two saxes at the same time and then you get this guy future man who dreams up a drumatar which is like a, a good like a guitar shaped thing but it's a machine that does drum sounds on it and he plays it upright almost like he's holding an upright bass it's uh yeah what a sight to see so if you've never heard of bela fleck and the fleck tones youtube check them out um <clears throat> so last week dinner in a movie the 1993 show uh 724 um you did you watch it all in one night i couldn't <laughs> i'm an old man i fell asleep <laughs> right at the set break <laughs> took me it took me two but uh, we did it we did wednesday thursday first set wednesday second set thursday how the hell would we ever do two real shows in a row and actually stay up past 11 p.m two nights in a row we probably we probably can't talk about how we would do it but <laughs> you know exactly buddy don't you worry we We'd know. going into training and doing some uh some adjustments to my sleep schedule um but dinner and movie, great, right? I mean, it, it was, in terms of video production, better than I thought it was going to be. I think last week I was saying, hey, get ready for the single camera in and out. It was multi-cam. You got to really kind of see the band. Um, yeah, I uh, let's get into it. What were some of your highlights? Yeah, so I called it. I sent you the thing. I think the, the biggest highlight um, was, uh, well, there's lots of highlights. The show was incredible. I called it the Led Zeppelin effect. And the reason that I called it the Led Zeppelin effect is because Led Zeppelin was the first band 
that I grew up with where I discovered that not just Jimmy Page and Robert Plant should be listened to. Like you need to listen to all of the musicians. And the thing that struck me the most, and I've gone back many times and listened to all the Zeppelin records, listening to John Paul and listening to John Bonham, you know, and it was so worth it. But the thing that struck me the most was how brilliantly it was mixed. And I've never had trouble hearing Mike ever before, but on this show, you could really like, it was clear. Yeah, I agree, I agree. And, and hearing him so clearly, you know, brought attention to like, I don't know, man, why he's just one of the most incredible bass players on the planet, right? It was just like incredible to hear his parts. It was incredible to hear his parts in Divided Sky. Again, I've listened to it all before, but I was just really reminded of like, how awesome the guy is, you know? So there was just that whole aspect of like, oh my God, I, and you can hear the comments. I was reading the comments on YouTube. And it was like in caps, I can hear Mike. I can hear Mike, yeah. right? And I'm like, yeah, man. Like I felt so happy for this person. I'm like, yes, you should hear Mike. He's got a lot to say. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you. I've, I've got I've got a lot of thoughts about that. I remember when, uh, geez, we would have been late high school and I wanted to, uh, I was developing a bit of an appreciation for Zeppelin. To yeah. The Zeppelin effect. And you, I said, Hey man, it was right around the time where you could finally like download songs and burn them on a CD. And I wanted to make myself like a Zeppelin CD. And I went to you and again, that's in a CD binder in that storage room. Nice. Um, and uh, you give me a list of like 20, 25 songs to put on there. And I've since realized you could have just given me the list of albums. And it would have essentially been the same thing because they're so good. But I remember one of the things you said to me, you're going you're gonna to listen to them. You're going to hear the melody. You're going to hear Jimmy Page. You're going to hear Robert Plant. And obviously you're going to pick up on Bonzo Bonham. But it's going gonna, it's gonna to take you a bit of time. And when you really start to hear John Paul Jones, that's when you're going to start to hear how great Zepp Zeppelin is. And that's kind of always stuck with me. There are definitely mixes and shows where I, where, where I wish... Um, Mike's parts were better. I often think, is it a matter of the speakers and the quality of the headphones I'm listening to the tracks on? Because if you've got, have you had multiple pairs of headphones in your life, which we all have by now, your 1988 Sony Walkman headphones compared to the headphones you can get now are very different. And I use buds for the most part, which don't give you the bass that you would typically want. So I wonder sometimes if it's that. But I really did notice how much more of Mike's melodies, counter melodies that you could hear. Um, yeah, he's, uh, you know, this band we've talked about many times, the four of them, they all bring so much to it. You know, I don't know of another band that can have four players play as creatively and as assertively as they do at the same time. They don't squabble and wander and like, oh, I don't know if I should play these notes. They commit and they go. I agree. And, 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 you know, Mike is, Mike is one of the backbones of that. Him and, him and, him and Fishman are hooked up all the time in the rhythm section, right? Sticking, sticking to that. So that's interesting. Um, I didn't watch it from that perspective. Right. right. I find when I'm watching, but I, but I've since listened to the show again. So I've watched it once and I've listened to it once on the app and I did notice while listening to it. Yeah. Yeah, be, be was we, like, I hope it's a thing that when, and I know we've talked about this before, this is kind of an aside, we should get back talking because there's more to talk about in the show. Uh, but I'm really hoping that the dinner and the movies, number one, that they continue and number two, that they become the, the live release for the month too. Yeah, this, that was a nice little, um, I assumed it was going to get dropped on. Yeah, I, I just figured they're putting it on, on there. They may as well, but just I agree. Makes, just makes sense. You know, it's just one of those things where you're like, this makes a lot of sense to do it like this. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I would agree with you there. So 
um, maybe, hopefully, that's a sign of things to come. So what about highlights of the show? Let's talk set one. Um, anytime you get a llama opener, holy crap, that song oh. just, just friggin', it's like being on a rocket ship. It's like a slingshot that just yeah. catapults you right off into the show. Love that. I will say, uh, yes, anything with Machine Gun Trey playing llama is incredible. I love, I do love that, you know, this is just a kind of classic compositional theory. Llama's been played with so much rage and pace in the past. I love that they are knowing that and they're starting to slow down Llama now, like on purpose. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I don't know what year it was, 2019 or 2018. I remember Llama was on the list and they on purpose played it really, really slow and more grooved. Yeah. It sounds awesome. Yeah, they'll do that every now and then with um, Water in the Sky, right? You'll get the slow version of Water in the Sky. Um, yeah. And well, I, I think generally when you go back to the early 93, 94, the pace at which they played a lot of the songs was faster. I, I, I mean, you I know. think uh, so, you know, going back to highlights, Llama for sure, uh, Divided Sky. Uh, I really love Trey's early 90s. Like the tone is just the best, man. That mm -hmm. song, and you could really hear Mike again. So that was just incredible. Uh, what else made it in the first set? What are other highlights? Um, you had a decent stash in there. Yep. Nangle yeah. song, uh, bouncing around the room, and then Squirming Coil to end the set. Right, that's my favorite set under of all time. Yeah. You like the quiet wind down, eh? You don't like the leave on the ah, like rainbow. I, like both. I yeah. like both, but they leave more on a high note mm -hmm. than just beautiful arpeggiated playing by page you know mm -hmm. would you rather the set the first set close with screaming coil or the show oh you can't close a show on screaming coil you can close you can close a show with multiple nights at festival with mm -hmm. coil, but i don't think you can close like a single yeah gotcha set two uh a short uh yet powerful 2001 yep right into split open and melt blew, it just blew my mind yeah that song just when that one's on i sent you the text message i'm like this has got to be the most underrated fish song because when that one is on it is just fire yeah it's every 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 time i hear it it's uh i i think of just what do i so i i sort of think of how confusing it can be the first time you listen to it oh, it sounds like a jumbled mess the time signature you know, and, and it, it's it, if you're dancing to it, it's going to trip you up, right? That extra beat, you've got to have a little skip step in there to kind of stay on track with things. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll say that it's definitely a song that hasn't shined as well in 3.0 as it did in one and two. I agree. Right. It, it hasn't sort of taken on its crazy, its crazy life. And I think for it to be underrated, I agree with you. Like it's on Lawn Boy. It's mixed in with such great songs and it comes from a time when when fish was just churning out um you know great track after great track and it's not that they are now but those types of songs are far and few between right we're much more into arena dad rock you know in terms of the structure of the song itself and how it's written and the jams take on a life of their own in 3.0 but the songs themselves aren't this complex and complicated but at that time so many were so it just kind of gets to, to your point about it being underrated, it just gets mixed in with a time where they were just so prolific on the content that they were producing. Yeah, I totally agree. It's uh, it's also a great example of, of something that the band does really, really well is, um, you know, they'll prime you to that part, that, -na -na, and then it'll go away somewhere like weird, 
Right. So to somebody hearing that song, when that part comes back, it just sounds really like really power and really good. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's an old classic. Here's a good taste. You like this? Take it away. No, you can't have it. And, and here you go. Hit you with it again. Yeah, really. I mean, it's a, it's a really, really great track. And, um, you know, it's not as predictable in terms of where it's going to go when the jam gets going. Right. Which is, which is also fun. So they're into Fluffhead, um, which, which, which we always love, but I, but I'll say like Fluffhead has definitely evolved to hear it early in a set, right. Compared to all the shows I'm listening to now, I'm in 3.0. It, it's always a closer or the penultimate song of, of the set um and it didn't have the big crowd reaction that you typically get in the first in the first it didn't have that loud pop so i think it was still sort of marinating with the fans then uh maze you know how i feel about a second set maze oh dun, 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 dun. Like I, I just imagine the walls closing in dun, 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 dun. so good and then it, it, it kind of really takes like i was thinking about the second set if this was my first show, if I didn't know much about fish and you brought me along, how would I feel about what I saw in the yeah. second half of the second set? Um, cause it, cause it, cause it turns. <laughs> it goes. I, can, I can tell you my wife's comments. It might be interesting cause she's a, yeah. a relatively newer fan. Yeah. Right. Cause I, so personally, like I know the way that the show ended, it yeah. does take a turn. See, I think that's awesome. Okay. I love, right. I love that. You know, you, 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 you know, you bring up Fishman and it gets really, really weird. And, and, you know, you, you end the song on, a, on an acapella. My wife didn't love it. My wife respected the fact that they did and they're doing something different. Right. But like, she was like, I didn't love it. Mm. For me, I loved it. I'm like, oh, this is awesome. You know, I've seen, like, I've heard hundreds of, of you know, hundreds of fish shows. So to hear something different sounds pretty cool. Right. Like if I showed up, I'd be like, I don't know what happened in the second set, but like all the energy got zapped out of the room. Right. It's uh, like when they went into, and I hope I don't say it wrong. I mean, they kind of went into Mike's groove, right? Mike's song gets going and you're like, awesome. And then they go into, and I'm going to say it wrong. So I apologize. Euro Shalayam Shal Zahav, right? Like awesome song, by the way. Sounded great, and, and it wouldn't have been what I would have expected at a rock show again had I been there. But and, and, and then into Week of Groove, you're just like, What the hell? That was yeah. awesome, yeah. And then into a very long, drawn out intro to Purple Rain, right. which, which doesn't start out great but gets better. Like the the last two minutes of that song are awesome when they I really just let it go and get loose and really and really get into it. And uh, there's something with the energy of hold your head up. I just, cause I come back to the inside joke with that every single time that fish, that the only reason that came up because Fishman hates that song or hated that song. And as a joke, they would play it just to piss him off whenever he was going to sing. Um, so they, when they go into it, da, 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 I, get, I just laugh at that. And then Daniel saw the stone ending with good times, bad times. So not a, not a, not a typical second set, which was probably one of the reasons it was selected as a release. And then the encore with Golgi, and then an, and then an acapella Freebird, and with, again with Trey Air guitar. I, I, <laughs> man, I I didn't. Yeah, I thought it was awesome. So, yeah, it's really really cool stuff. I think great show to release for long term fans. You know, it, I think of our uh, episode ten. Episode ten. Do you remember what the topic or the nope. title of our episode ten was? We no, love. It happened two minutes ago, Adam. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, I know. Uh, we love fish because they don't care. Right. Right. And that's the example. They're gonna do what they want to do. 
uh, and keep in mind, this is in a venue of like 19,000 people. We talked about it last week. This is at a time when they're scaling and they're growing really, really quick. And we're doing a mix of moving out of theaters into bigger venues and to take a big show like that and to just throw caution to the wind. It, it is ballsy. I do. I, I do appreciate that. So that's how you don't get to be the biggest grossing band. Like you do things like that on purpose. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. Like seriously. Yeah, yeah, but split open and melt. The other thing I was going to say about it, we were kind of talking about Tom Hanks earlier. It's just one of those songs where, like, Tom Hanks is great in every movie, right? You can start to sort of list everything that he's been in. And split open and melt is one of those songs that blends in in a time where just everything that was coming out at that time was unique, was different. Um, You know, whereas 3.0, I find it's it's a little bit watered down in terms of the original music. So I think you can I think you can just say that about the band. Like, I I think when you really start to I I honestly don't think that we're going to appreciate them until they're gone forever, like fully, fully gone. Mm-hmm. And you sit down and you, in retrospect, you remember the times that you had in the actual music that was created to be like, I can't believe this. Like, I can't believe I'm listening to Split Open and Mel. I'm like, I can't believe somebody made this a thing and they're doing this and it sounds like this. Like, I just had that moment where I was like, this is incredible. Mm-hmm. There's so many things that they've done that are just taken for granted. Not because like we're on purpose taking it for granted, just because there's so much greatness there, you take it for granted. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, yeah, just another one of those examples. I um, switching gears a little bit. I know, I know you're a bit of a fitness buff. So I found on Reddit um, somebody had sort of put a bit of a fitness regimen to get ready for tour. I don't know if you saw this at all, but I wanted to kind of run it by you because you're a bit of an expert. Yeah. So um, I'll give the user the poster credit. It's uh, actually this is a pretty active user in the group. It says a cat faced boy man uh, is the name of the user, and. Uh, uh, they kind of open up with how the pandemic has left them soft and squishy. If tour started tomorrow, I'd burn out long before Dix and you'd likely find my body under the Atlantic City boardwalk. <laughs> right. So I uh, kind of kind of went into a bit of uh, a fitness regimen. So I'll ask you and see what uh, you have to say about it. So Monday spin class, I microdose and do a bunch of bat spins on a 35 degree incline to mentally and physically prepare myself for the gorge lawn. That's Monday. Tuesday, kettlebell lifts. I alternate lifting a handle of kettle vodka with my right hand and a Bell's two-hearted ale with my left, giving my liver a great one-two punch of a workout. (laughs) Wednesday, deadlifts. You're going to like this one. I lift Moonbeam, a 76-year-old deadhead slash living carcass that crashes on my couch straight over my head while he incoherently lectures me about how Jerry is better than Trey because of the notes he didn't play. This is a good one for both Fish Tour and Dead and Company. (laughs) Thursday, squats. I squat over a toilet until I get close enough to the seat that I can do a line. Any trainer will tell you if you want to pull this off in a porta potty at Deer Creek, the only place to train is an Arby's bathroom. Bonus, your post-workout Arby's meal will absolutely prepare you for that heady lot veggie burrito. (laughs) Friday, medicine ball toss. I take a random assortment of farmies and an eight ball of Coke, then go to the farmer's market and crash into innocent bystanders, tossing them aside as I practice getting back to my spot on the rail that my girl, Crystal Beth, is saving for me. Also, if you're at the farmer's market, definitely buy some produce there. Eating organic is so important to good health. Two more. (laughs) Saturday, water aerobics. I do three cycles of five reps of water bong hits, really strengthens the lungs. And if you can handle this, you can handle whatever that twitchy guy in the twiddle shirt laced the joint he passed you. 
and Sunday's cheat day. After working so hard all week, I deserve a day where I can take a break and do some drugs. In all seriousness, take it easy out there, kids. You don't have to make up for a year and a half of pandemic crappiness all at once. So um, really funny post, yeah, really cool. funny. And it gets me excited to, because in the, in the, I guess, 10 or so months we've been, we've been doing this podcast, we haven't had any real new shows oh, and experiences to talk about. So I'm really excited to uh, see and experience and hear and whatever, all of the other stuff that goes into the fish experience, right? The stuff that happens in the lot, all the shenanigans, all the different things that are going to happen on tour. So reading that kind of made me laugh and got me excited. And I wanted to run it by you because you, you know, you're all about health. So what do you think about that fitness regime? Good? Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> I can't even imagine. All right. So what else did I have here? Uh, not much else, really. I mean, I guess in a couple of weeks, we've got um, Trey's solo gigs coming up. He announced a couple more doing uh, two shows at the Beacon. That's in June, right? So yep. warming up, I'm, I'm sure. Um, anything you're excited for there? Again, I know, looking forward to what he's going to say. And I'm more excited. Like I said, I'm more excited to hear um, what he's going to talk about and if he's going to play any new music. Yeah. Yeah. New songs would be nice. New cover, like I said last week, I think we're due for that. Um, would be really, really good. I'm uh, I'm whipping through 2011. I'm into. I just finished up two days at the Gorge, which is which is which is always really, really good. I enjoy that. Oh, here's one that I wanted to ask you. Sure. Um, if this is a good, so uh, this is a guitar question. If if Trey uh, had never met Paul Langadoc, so Paul never shows up on the scene, what kind of Oh, what kind of a guitar would Trey be playing? He was playing an Ibanez before. Yeah. Um, so probably probably something like that. Probably something single coil, uh, strat. What do you mean by single single coil? So single coil has a certain sound. Like when you hear that Jimi Hendrix sound, okay. that's like a really classic single coil. It's got that bite to it. It sounds really um, sounds really bright. Um, okay versus uh versus um uh gibson sound so the humbucker sound is more like a jimmy page slash type of sound gotcha and now the the nice thing about the languedoc is it, it can really kind of do both like trey really has both kind of tone extremes that he goes in between and you can hear both of them all the time sometimes it's like really bitey like when he plays um chalk dust torture mm, okay you know, and sometimes it's really smooth like when they play some of the jazzier songs like um the start to split open and melt or or um uh it's ice you know so i mean it's really versatile it's it's i think but i think you'd play something strat like single coil if you had to if i had to pick one okay so i mean we just watched a show from 93 listened to a show from 93 and and, and i'm sure you obviously know all the newer stuff what are the biggest differences in his style of play then versus now that you've noticed as a guitar player uh the pace yeah Definitely. Um, As well, in, like, the pace of the song or on solos? Both. Okay. Both. Like, um, you know, and I think his approach, um, I mean, oh, man, there's so many. It's, it's hard to say. The tone's different. Like, his tone in definitely 2019 and 2018 has been, and even, like, the whole 3.0, like, the guitar just sounds different. Mm. You know, it sounds different from tour to tour. You really notice a big difference. If you were listening, to, if I notice a big difference from like 2011 to 2019, the way the tone sounds, 
his note selection, he doesn't play as fast as he used to. Now, whether he can or not, it's a different story. Mm. Um, and I think, I think it's more straightforward now than it was before if I had to like kind of sum it up. You know, before it was, it seemed like a part of it was like, look at what I can do. I was, I was, I was going to say, you know, we talked a lot about ambitious fish and, you know, the out to prove something fish and yeah. that style of playing very much goes along with that type of band, right? Where he's out it, to... It's really interesting, you know, because you mentioned it earlier. I think you were spot on when you were talking about the show in 93, you know, how like they all feed off each other and how they go for it. So like the reverence for making the song the best has always been there, no matter what version of fish we get. That was always primary. We always want to make the song it about the song versus, hey, look what I can do. Yeah. Right. But now it's 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 even less than that. It's it's more, you know, like it doesn't feel like they have anything left to prove. It just feels like they're doing it for the love of everything. Right. So if you had to like come up with a guitar tone that said that that's what 2019 2020 trade sounded like gotcha right and is he heading into that coming back to that comment in there about uh, moonbeam the uh, deadhead carcass about the notes that jerry didn't play is what made him so great is that is that where we're headed with trey because yeah it's definitely slowing slowing down um i've noticed that and even coming back to mike mike's playing he's uh, i found i find in, in the 3.0 stuff he's definitely comparing it to that 93 show he's not he's not moving as quickly but he's more melodic there's a little bit more space in between his yeah. notes you know yeah. so but i guess that also comes with experience and just just mastering your instrument more you don't need to necessarily prove that it's about something different at that point well i mean again this is why like this is why you can never argue who's better it comes down to taste you know, and you can see the, if you, the, the YouTube thread was actually really interesting to read because I, there wasn't that many comments on there and I read through, you know, and some people were, you know, oh, I missed 93. I missed, I missed this band. I missed this pace. I missed this like fury. And some people were like, oh, they've never been better. You know, these were great days, but yeah, it all depends on, on what you prefer. Mm. You know, like there's sometimes where I like that. That's what I grew up with. Right. So there's part of me that's, nostalgic but i also really like it as a guitar player and as a musician but i don't know man sometimes the 3.0 sounds just as good if not better mm -hmm. so it's hard to say yeah i agree well i can tell you i like where i'm at in terms of the uh, 2011 shows um the sets are really really good they're a little more unpredictable <coughs> um you know it's, it's just yeah i like where it's at and we'll see hopefully when we get something in a couple months Actually, it's next month technically. We're in June now. Tour starts in July, so we're one month away. What's the what's the yeah? But like late July, right? It's the twenty eighth. It's 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 two months, like eight weeks. But um, that's oh, we waited, we waited this long, man. We can make it another. Yeah, eight weeks is nothing. Couch tour starts soon. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they're gonna they gotta announce that. You know what's gonna happen? I'm gonna be so disappointed. They're sending they're sending out the gorge tickets. I'm gonna actually get the physical tickets. I'm gonna be reminded one more time why I can't go on fish tour when the tickets arrive to my house and I have to I have to turn them around and sell them to somebody on on uh, on StubHub. Yeah, it sucks. Sucks. Bigger problems to have, sure, but it still sucks. Oh, of course, there's bigger problems to have, man. There's always bigger problems to have. You're you right. Still sucks. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> all right, man. That's all I've got for this week. Anything else from you? 
no, I'm good. I actually wish there was more dinner and a movies to listen to, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Or if they would just kind of like stick around. If the archive was up, imagine that all 32, 33 episodes, whatever it is, it's a lot. It's but a I'll lot. keep. I'm in. Uh, I'm in the the start of uh, the three night run in, at Hampton in '97. Uh, so pretty Ooh. awesome. Ooh, watch out! Ooh. You're gonna get more great hair. Oh, dude, it's just it's just stupid. It's <laughs> stupid. Like, yeah, I'm just like fuck, man. Like ever, I'm telling you, that's that timber takes off after timber into into mm-hmm. simple, and then it's just fucking game over after that. Yeah, it's the TSN turning point. Speaking of the TSN turning point, how about the Leafs? <laughs> so, first time I've watched a hockey game in a long time. I actually watched it last night, and uh, yeah, they didn't play very well. Too bad. So sad. I'm turning into my dad, man. I'm turning into my dad. I got better things to do than watch watch morons chase around a piece of rubber for three hours. <laughs> I but yeah, I appreciate a good game, but yeah, I just can't invest the time. I just there's just so much time invested with sports, and um, at least that's so much of it. You know, and and I think I think we've talked about this. I don't know if on air or off air, but I've gotten to an age where I'm older than just about all of the players, and it just does, they don't seem to have the same type of. When you're a kid and you look up to an athlete, like wow. When you become older, I mean, I still appreciate what they can do and everything else, but these guys are kids for the most part. They're young, young guys. I'm not going to worship some 22 year old because he can skate really well. I feel exactly the same. I actually to take it a step further and. Feel free if like the three listeners get pissed off and leave, feel free. But like I secretly get disappointed when I see like an older man wearing like a kid's uniform. I'm like, what are you doing? I saw that yesterday. I was coming home and I was waiting to turn left at a light, but there was a pedestrian crossing and I had to wait for him to cross. And he had to have been, he's older than me, wearing wearing a a Connor McDavid jersey. I was just like, oh, okay, well. All right, whatever. Yeah, I don't know. Not to judge, but yeah, whatever. What do you? We're humans. We judge. That's our nature. That's (laughs) we just literally recorded uh, half an hour judging a band. That's a true story. That's right. You just don't have to listen to the opinion if you don't like it, right? No, that's fine. And and listen, like there's there's people that for certain aspects, like you know, like for in a way, we I idolize Trey Anastasio as a as a guitar player. Like I want to play like that, but he's not. You know, he's you kind of like and there's always going to be parts of human beings that you admire but like they're, they're not my moral compass yeah yeah you know it's not like my my complete role model in life here mm-hmm. yeah that's true i mean they often say to never meet your heroes you got to meet train you had a good experience but uh you're right you know oh i think you shouldn't meet your heroes i think i think one of two things are going to happen you're going to be like blown away by how incredibly better they were than you ever expected or two you're going to find out they're a piece of shit asshole and be like you know what i'm going to show you you turn into 93 fish and you'd be like listen motherfucker (laughs) (laughs) oh man that's perfect and on that note i think we say goodbye (laughs) motherfuckers have a great week everyone see you bud you've been listening to ticket to gamehenge In addition to wherever you find your podcasts, you can find us on Instagram, YouTube, and of course, TicketToGameHenge.com, where you can grab a free chapter of the book, How to Get Your Friends Into Fish. Make sure you subscribe to stay up to date on the latest episodes. Thanks again for listening, and until next time, keep sharing in the groove.